Ted Cabal offers a nuanced historical perspective on the census mentioned in this passage. He addresses the complexities surrounding the historical evidence of Emperor Augustus's decrees and the Roman practices of conducting censuses during that era. Cabal begins by noting the absence of direct evidence of a specific decree by Augustus for an empire-wide census, as described in Luke. Despite this, he acknowledges that Augustus's reign was marked by several censuses, each potentially having a widespread impact on the Roman Empire. Cabal suggests that Luke's reference to the census might not be about a singular empire-spanning event. Instead, it could be a summation of the overall intention behind these various registrations, or a specific decree with a similar purpose. Delving deeper, Cabal discusses the Roman practice of registering populations in their client kingdoms. Palestine, during the time of Jesus' birth, was such a kingdom under Roman influence. He points to evidence of tax rolls in the region, specifically in Samaria before King Herod's death, supporting the idea that registrations were indeed a part of Roman administrative activities in these territories. Also, Cabal emphasizes the political dynamics between Herod and Augustus. Herod had lost favor with the Roman emperor towards the end of his life, leading to speculation about Augustus's motives. Cabal posits that Augustus might have pressured Herod into conducting a census in anticipation of potentially acquiring parts of Herod's territory after his death. This theory aligns with the understanding of Roman administrative practices and the geopolitical context of the time. In summary, Cabal's analysis does not confirm the exact nature of the census mentioned in Luke, but proposes plausible historical circumstances under which such an event could have occurred. His commentary enriches the understanding of the biblical narrative by situating it within the broader historical and political framework of the Roman Empire's administration of its territories. Moreover, Cabal delves into the historical complexities surrounding the census mentioned in the Gospel of Luke particularly in relation to the governorship of Quirinius in Syria and the reign of Herod the Great. The crux of the issue lies in reconciling the biblical narrative with the historical records provided by the Jewish historian Josephus and other historical sources. Josephus records that Quirinius was appointed as the governor of Syria and conducted a census in Judea in A.D. 6. This date poses a chronological challenge because it suggests a timeline that is inconsistent with the biblical account of Jesus' birth occurring during the reign of Herod the Great, who is believed to have died in 4 BC. The Gospel of Luke, however, is aware of a later registration, as he refers to it in Acts 5.37, and describes the census at the time of Jesus' birth as the first, implying that it was distinct from the later census under Quirinius. Cabal suggests two possible interpretations to resolve this discrepancy. The first possibility is that the census mentioned in Luke 2 was an earlier registration, separate from the well-known census conducted by Quirinius. This would mean that there was another earlier census not recorded by Josephus or other historical sources. The second possibility is that Quirinius might have had two separate terms as a governor or administrator in Syria, with the census mentioned in Luke occurring during his first term. This analysis accentuates the challenges of correlating biblical accounts with historical records, especially given the incomplete nature of our knowledge of ancient history. Cabal's interpretation aims to offer plausible explanations within the historical and biblical contexts, 
acknowledging that a definitive resolution might be beyond reach due to gaps in historical data. Furthermore, Cabal offers a detailed interpretation that dives into the historical and administrative context of the Roman Empire, specifically in relation to the biblical account of Joseph and Mary's journey to Bethlehem for a census. According to Cabal, the verses reference to the Roman practice of returning to ancestral homes for registration aligns more with Jewish methods under King Herod's rule, rather than the later period of Quirinius's census in AD 6. In the Roman Empire, various regions were administered differently, with some directly under Roman prefects and others like Herod's kingdom, enjoying a degree of autonomy. Galilee, where Joseph resided, was ruled by Herod's son Antipas, whereas Judea was directly administered by a Roman prefect. Cabal suggests that during Quirinius's census, it would have been unusual for Joseph, living in Galilee, to be compelled to travel to Judea for registration, given the distinct administrative divisions. Cabal's analysis thus proposes that the biblical narrative fits more logically within the time when Herod the Great was king. During Herod's reign, both Galilee and Judea were under a unified administration, which would have made such a widespread census feasible and in line with the account in Luke. This interpretation challenges the traditional understanding that associates the census with Quirinius's time, offering a fresh perspective on the historical backdrop of the Nativity story. By placing the event in the context of Herod's rule, Cabal's interpretation aims to reconcile the biblical narrative with historical records. This approach affirms the complexities of Roman administrative practices and the nuances of regional governance within the empire. It asserts the importance of understanding historical context in biblical interpretation and encourages a deeper exploration of the interplay between historical events and scriptural accounts. In addition, Cabal digs into the debate over the existence of an inn in Bethlehem during Jesus' birth. This discussion centers on the skepticism raised by some scholars who argue that Bethlehem, not being a major hub on ancient trade routes, likely lacked a formal inn, thus casting doubt on the biblical account of Jesus' birth. Cabal addresses this skepticism by challenging the basis of these claims, highlighting that they are largely speculative and not grounded in concrete historical evidence. Cabal indicates the importance of understanding the original Greek language used in the biblical texts. He notes that the Greek term kataluma, often translated as in in English versions of the Bible, does not exclusively refer to a commercial lodging place like a modern inn. Instead, it broadly means lodging and could imply a guest room in a private house. This interpretation opens up the possibility that Mary and Joseph were seeking shelter in a private home, which would be more consistent with the cultural and societal norms of the time. Further, Cabal provides cultural context regarding housing and animal-keeping practices in ancient Judea. He explains that it was common for peasant homes to have areas for animals within the family living space. This detail adds credibility to the biblical description of Jesus being laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, suggesting that such a scenario was plausible within the context of the period. Besides, Cabal references early Christian tradition, which places the birth of Jesus in a cave. This tradition supports the idea of animals being kept in spaces like caves, aligning with the narrative of Jesus' birth in a humble setting. Overall, 
Cabal's analysis contends for the plausibility of the biblical account of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, countering the skepticism with linguistic, cultural, and historical insights. He maintains that the story of Jesus' birth in a manger fits within the historical and cultural framework of the time, thereby supporting its authenticity. Additionally, Cabal examines the nuanced meanings and theological implications of the terms used in this verse. Luke 2.11 is a pivotal verse in the Christian narrative, where the angel announces the birth of Jesus, referring to him as the Lord and Christ. The term kurios, translated as Lord in English, is of particular interest here. In the original Greek context, kurios has a broad spectrum of meanings. At its most basic level, it can denote a person of higher social status or authority, akin to the way sir or master might be used. However, in the context of the Bible, its significance is often elevated to indicate divinity or supreme authority. This dual meaning reflects the complex nature of Jesus' identity in Christian theology, as both human and divine. When the angel uses the term kurios in conjunction with Christos, Christ, it is a profound declaration. Christos is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah, meaning the Anointed One. In Jewish tradition, anointing was a practice used to set apart someone for a specific, often divine purpose, typically kings or priests. Therefore, calling Jesus Christos acknowledges him as the anointed Savior, promised in the Old Testament. By describing Jesus as Kurios and Christos, the verse is doing more than just identifying him. It's making a theological statement about his nature and role. It suggests that Jesus is not just a human leader or teacher, but possesses a divine, sovereign authority. This interpretation is central to Christian belief, where Jesus is seen as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, who is also divine. In summary, Cabal reiterates the depth and complexity of the terms kurios and Christos. These terms weave together the human and divine nature of Jesus affirming his role as the sovereign Messiah in Christian theology. Last but not least, Cabal provides a nuanced view of Mary's understanding and reaction to the events of Jesus' birth. This verse in Luke repeats Mary's deep reflection on the remarkable occurrences surrounding the birth of Jesus. Cabal suggests that although Mary pondered these events, her full comprehension and acceptance of their significance emerged much later in Jesus' life. Cabal draws a parallel with Mark 3.20.35, where Mary, alongside other family members, appears to question Jesus' actions and mental state during his ministry. They even attempt to intervene, indicative of their inability to reconcile the Jesus they knew with the messianic figure he had become. This incident reflects a contrast between Mary's initial wonder and the later doubts or misunderstandings about Jesus' mission and identity. The 30-year gap between Jesus' birth and the start of his public ministry, as Cabal notes, is filled with only sporadic reminders of the miraculous nature of Jesus' birth and mission, as seen in Luke 2.51. This prolonged period, characterized more by ordinary life than by divine revelation, may have contributed to a gradual diminishing of the initial impact of the nativity events. Daily life, with its routine and challenges, could have clouded the miraculous nature of Jesus' birth in Mary's perception. Cabal's interpretation suggests that the extraordinary events of the Nativity, while deeply pondered by Mary, 
did not maintain their immediate impact over the years. It hints at a human tendency to lose sight of extraordinary experiences amidst the mundanity of daily existence. This perspective offers insight into the human side of biblical figures, portraying them as complex individuals who grapple with understanding and faith much like anyone else. It underlines the idea that understanding and faith can evolve and be challenged over time, especially in the absence of constant reinforcement. In conclusion, Cabal offers a detailed examination of various elements within the passage, providing historical, cultural, and theological insights. Cabal begins by exploring the census under Emperor Augustus, noted in the Gospel. He acknowledges the lack of direct evidence for a specific empire-wide decree, yet recognizes the occurrence of several censuses during Augustus's reign. Cabal posits that Luke's mention of the census could be a general reference to these events, or an indication of a specific similar decree. He then addresses the chronological discrepancies between the governorship of Quirinius in Syria and the reign of Herod the Great. Cabal presents two theories. Either an earlier unrecorded census occurred, or Quirinius had an earlier term as governor. This analysis underscores the complexities in reconciling biblical narratives with historical records. Also, Cabal discusses the journey of Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem for the census. He suggests that the account fits more logically within Herod's reign, considering the administrative divisions of the time. This view challenges the traditional association of the census with Quirinius's period and aligns with the cultural and administrative practices of the era. Moreover, Cabal tackles the skepticism surrounding the existence of an inn in Bethlehem. He explains that the Greek term kataluma, often translated as inn, could also mean a guest room in a private home. This understanding, coupled with cultural practices of housing and animal keeping in ancient Judea, supports the plausibility of the biblical narrative. Furthermore, regarding theological implications, Cabal explores the meanings of kurios, Lord, and Christos, Christ, in Luke 2.11. He emphasizes the dual nature of Jesus' identity, both human and divine, encapsulated in these terms, central to Christian theology. Lastly, Cabal comments on Mary's reaction to Jesus' birth, suggesting her understanding and acceptance of the events evolved over time. This perspective showcases the human aspect of biblical figures, accentuating their complex journey of faith and understanding amidst ordinary life experiences.